Well, it is good to be back at Connection Point, and thank you, Pastor, for having us back. We were scheduled before you were pastor. So uh, thanks for not canceling. Appreciate it. <clears throat> Grateful to you. Um, um, if you show a picture of my family, I think I have one on, on do I? Yeah, there we go. So uh, mentioned my kids. That's actually, it was my year ago, son's graduation. He's getting married in October. So this is crazy. I'm at that stage of life. And so my son, Luke, and the one next to me is Ruth. And then the baby of the family is Claire. And she is on a plane right now boarding to go to Spain just for the summer. And then she leaves us again to go back to college. It's so sad. But uh, that's our family. Um, I'll talk a little bit about what we're going to do here, uh, what we do there. But we're primarily church planning among the secular peoples of Europe. So if you don't remember anything else I say, that is the most important thing I have to say to you this morning. We are church planning among the secular peoples of Europe. We live in a town of 300,000. It's a university town, just like here. We have 60,000 students. I don't, how big is Purdue? I don't even know. 50, about the same? Yeah, that's incredible. Gold boilermakers, I guess. So I, I don't really care uh, that much. But so I just lost all our support there. That's probably not good. But we love, we've been, we were in Chi Alpha before we went to Spain, and we're still doing university ministry as part of our church plant. We love university towns. It really is a passion of our hearts. And so that's what we do, church planning. Um, and so uh, I'll talk throughout our, my message this morning about the need in, in Europe and need in Spain in particular. But I just want to start and say thank you again to this church for your faithful support and prayer. Um, I hope every missionary that comes says that, but we actually mean it. We really do. Um, this is a partnership thing. Does that make sense? You're not a charitable donating to us. This is a partnership, and I don't know any other church that does it better than this one in terms of understanding that. And so we thank you for your prayers. We thank you for your financial support. Um, as I know, we get our people call these business cards in the world. We just call them prayer cards. And we just say, please take one. And remember my, my first prayer card without my children on it. That's terribly sad. But if you would take one and we say, put it in your Bible or, in, or on your refrigerator, whichever you use most. And, uh, or take two, one in each place, and pray for us. It is the prayers of the people of God that change everything. So please pray for us. I want to highlight uh, our financial opportunity. We thank you for your support. We're supposed to raise $100,000 this past six months. I leave on Saturday to return. My wife leaves a week after that, and so we need another $20,000 in a week. So I don't know, 20,000 people can give a dollar or uh, maybe some rich person can give it, but we're just grateful. Um, but that money keeps our ministry center open. And so we're grateful um, to this church for already partnering with us there and we're grateful. 99% of Spanish people do not know Jesus personally. And so as you are partnering with people like us, and I know you partner with dozens of other people around the world, there are people in Europe, the majority of Europeans have never heard the gospel. And uh, thank you for sharing that burden with us. The third reason I'm really here is really to present the word of the Lord this morning. I'm here to place before us, I think, Jesus' most radical call to lose ourselves for him and his gospel. 
I want to talk about Jesus' radical invitation to join him in his mission. And how does that pertain to this particular congregation? How does it pertain to you as an individual? So I want to read from Mark chapter 8, verse 34 and 35. Then he, Jesus, called the crowd to him along with his disciples. Notice the crowd and the disciples all got the same message. This is, every, this is for everybody. And he said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. Can we pray one more time? Prepare our hearts, O oh God, to accept your word. Silence in us any voices but your own, so that we may hear your word and do it. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If there's one thing I know about Americans, it's this. We hate losing <clears throat> at anything. We always want to be the number one at whatever it is, right? Isn't that true? It doesn't seem like there's anything that could possibly come by losing. It has little appeal to us. I mean, you never want to lose your train of thought. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. You don't want to lose your grip. You don't want to lose your cool, your job, your way, your mind. And God forbid if I ever lose my mojo. Right? There's nothing good that comes from losing in our minds. Been living with my parents. Yes, that happens at even age 50. <laughs> and uh, it's funny to even watch my, you know, now senior mother watch sports, what she doesn't understand and doesn't care about. And yet, she's going to make sure that her team wins. <laughs> yelling at the screen. Nothing seems good to us about losing, and yet here we see that losing is the key to following Jesus. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record these words of Jesus, but the gospel of Mark is unique in that he says that we lose ourselves for Jesus. All three gospels say that, but he says, and the gospel. That's a key word in the book of Mark. Mark makes it clear that to follow Jesus, to be his disciple, means that we embrace his gospel mission. There's no text I've ever preached on in my entire life <laughs> that is more convicting than this one. Here we have the unequivocal, absolute, relentless call to follow Jesus, and it costs us everything. And as a teacher of God's word, every time I come to this text and want, preach it, I, I sense my own inadequacy. Because <laughs> there's so much I hold on to. And yet at the same time, I don't know a more thrilling text 
to preach on. Because when we lose ourselves, there is everything to gain. If we, as the church, are going to be good gospel bearers in this world, if we're going to see the gospel flourish among people who have little or no access, if we want our church to be more than just a gathering of the already saved, if we're going to become witnesses that we want to be to our families and coworkers and neighbors, then we must lose ourselves for Jesus and his gospel. So what do we need to lose exactly? Well, I'm going to say three things. Number one, we need to lose our assumptions about missions. We must lose the assumption that the Great Commission is just for missionaries. We must lose the assumption that missions is someone else's responsibility. Every disciple, every generation of disciples must fulfill the Great Commission. That's all of this. Jesus spoke to the whole crowd. And we cannot assume because we are too busy or inadequate or unqualified or someone else, that's their job. We cannot ignore or avoid that following Jesus means to be included in his gospel mission. The question for each one of us is not, should I participate in the Great Commission, but what is my role in it? Does that make sense? Every time one of us missionaries gets up here, we should all be asking, Lord, what are you having me to do in this Great Commission? So to fulfill this, God's agenda, his agenda to see all the peoples of the world know him. We must lose our assumptions also about what missions looks like. All right, here we go. Maybe a little edgy here. Just prepare yourselves. <laughs> if you follow a, a missions organization or on Instagram or if you've been to a missions conference or meetings, you know we love to highlight the photos of the exotic faces and places of our world, Right? We love to do that. Wow, crazy. This is even the images we shot, you know, they're all wild. But then there's always that one image or banner or poster that looks like somebody that went to your, that goes to your church. That's the European one. <laughs> and you feel obligated to put it up because it's part of AGWM, right? So it's got the one photo on the placemat for those of you who remember the old placemats. And it looks like your cousin. We don't highlight those images very much because we have missions bias. Too often we equate gospel access with poverty and exoticness. But that has little to do with gospel access. Yes, we go to the exotic places of the world, but not because they're exotic, not because they're poor, but because there are people and places that do not have access to the gospel. We have a strong notion that missions looks like a National Geographic shoot. But as a local church, we don't do this whole missions thing because we need some, some sort of cultural night or a theme party. We're involved in this because every Christian, every community of faith is called to the peoples and places that do not have adequate witness of the gospel. That is what this is about. Several years ago, 
I was speaking with a Spanish friend of ours, middle-aged woman, and I was talking about the living hope that we have in Jesus, and she said something that I cannot shake, and I share at every service I go to. She said, after I talked about the living hope in Jesus, she said, why hasn't anyone ever told us this before? For me, that moment was sacred. And even though I had already felt the call and was on the ground in Spain, something happened to hear that middle-aged, educated, middle, you know, not wealthy, but by the world standards wealthy, articulated the cry of the peoples of Europe. Why hasn't anyone ever told us this before? I told you that 99% of Spanish people do not know Jesus. There are peoples and places in this world that are gospel deserts. There's a lot of lost people here in West Lafayette. There's a lot of lost students at Purdue. But they have you. But for our friends in Spain... They could go their whole lives and never meet someone who knows somebody who knows somebody who could tell them about Jesus. We're talking about access to the good news. 1% of Spanish, I told you, 1.3% of Belgians, 0.7% of Czechs, 0.3% of Greeks say they know Jesus personally. So I want to shake us out of our assumptions about what missions is about. It's not about exoticness or poverty. It's about people who have not heard and will not hear unless someone is sent. So I ask us, will you embrace God's vision for people without gospel access? And I know that's the heartbeat of this church. I know it. But I ask you again, what is your role in seeing that the gospel goes to the gospel deserts of our world? Well, if we want to lose our assumptions about missions, I want us also to say this. We need to lose our own agendas. This is the painful one. People always ask me about comparing Europe and America, and, and, and the short answer is they're very different um, spiritually in lots of ways. But there's one similarity in the general secular world, whether it's here in the States or in Europe, is that there's a constant barrage of messages that encourages what, what I like to call Project Me. Right? That's the heart of secularism. You do you. Live your best life. Believe in yourself, the theme of every Disney movie ever. (laughs) Follow your heart. The self is the golden calf of the Western world. And I think if we're honest, truly honest before the Lord, we have Christian versions of these same things. Dream big dreams for God. I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. I can do all things through Christ. You see, it's so easy for us to not even recognize that in our own hearts has taken root Project Me. 
our agenda, our way of life, our comfort, our plans. We don't want this crazy world to mess up our comfort. God forbid I have to say happy holidays and not Merry Christmas. And we get upset over those things. And I understand why. And yet, if we're going to really embrace God's gospel mission, we have to give up our own rights, our own agendas. Jesus gave it all up, came to this world, emptied himself of all but love, as the hymn says. Because he did not, equ he did not equate equality with God something he needed to hold on to, Philippians 2. To lose yourself is to set aside project me, my own agenda. Here's the issue. If we're going to see the idolatry of secularism broken, we cannot bow at its altar. If we're going to lead people out of Egypt, we've got to get Egypt out of us. Several years ago, we had a young woman named Maria. Um, and she was, we had a, a Chi Alpha give year. So Chi Alpha folks, we had a, you guys know that term, come and spend a year with us. And she met with this young lady with the language exchange. And Maria came into our ministry center. And they'd been hanging out for about six, seven weeks already. And she came into our ministry center and she realized there's Christian books and Bibles on the shelves. And she kind of is looking through them and she turns to our young Kai off a staff and says, are you one of those real Christians? She's like, yeah. She says, if I would have known that, I would have never become your friend. She couldn't imagine that a young, educated woman would be Christian in this misogynist religion. She couldn't imagine someone to be so stupid as to believe all this stuff. And yet, our friend, our, our staff, Grace, reached out to her. Funny thing is she said, well, I guess we're already friends, so I can't take it back now. <laughs> <laughs> but my question to us is this. What's it going to take to reach people like Maria in your own life? The people who aren't interested in church, the people that may not have our same values and agendas, maybe people even don't even like us at all. What's it going to take to reach Maria? Well, I can tell you this. It's going to take that we give up our own agendas. It's going to mean we're going to have to invite people into our home and they're going to say and do things that we're not sure we want our kids to be exposed to. This is, a, this is a risky business we're in when we begin to say to Jesus, not my will, but thine be done. But if we're going to be the people of God, we've got to proclaim in body and be a radical alternative to Project Me so that our lives are not about keeping us and our own safe, but about becoming the people of God to a lost and dying world. Jesus was known as a friend of sinners. And I ask us, would anyone say that about us? I'm not talking being nice to people. That's the bare minimum of human society. I'm talking about embracing people like Maria. When we lose our own agenda, when we lose, put our plans in front of Jesus, when we lose our own vision of life, 
when we lay our goals for the perfect house, perfect job, perfect safe community, when we put that under the light of the Holy Spirit, when we're less concerned with political or culture war agendas and more concerned about the lost hearing about Jesus, when we're less concerned about our personal rights and our personal comforts and we're more passionate about befriending those who will never walk into a church without us going to them, when we say he must increase and I must decrease, then our lives begin to take on significance far more than we can imagine. So I ask us, church, I ask myself, who's writing the agenda of your life? The decisions you make with your time and your money and your hospitality, are they driven by you or are they driven by Jesus and his gospel? Who's the Maria in your life? They're here. But thirdly, I want to say this. We need to lose ourselves in an adventure. This is the fun part. At the end of this section of Mark, basically chapter 8 through 10, in chapter 10 is the story of a religious, wealthy, prominent man who wanted to follow Jesus. When Jesus asked him to give up his wealth, to lose the thing that gave him security, it says he walked away in sadness. One of the great tragic moments, isn't it? He couldn't lose that one thing. Well, Jesus then said to his disciples that it was easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for the rich to enter heaven. And the disciples are shocked and astonished at that statement of Jesus because in that day, riches were a sign of God's favor. So if the rich can't get in, if this guy can't get into heaven, Peter and his buddies are going, what about us? Who then can be saved? And at this moment, our brash... Peter puts the disciples wondering into words and he says, Jesus, um, we've given up everything to follow you. And we don't know if this is a question or a statement or he's kind of like just searching. Hey, Jesus, what about us? Have we done the right thing? And Jesus gives this amazing answer in chapter 10, verse 29. He says this. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel. See the connection? Will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, Children's and fields, along with persecutions. I love that. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and in the age to come, eternal life. See, this statement is no accident that it's at the end of this section of Mark. Peter and the boys are going, hey, if we lose ourselves, is this really worth it? I mean, can I really find fulfillment if I don't set my own agenda? 
Will I miss out on joy and peace and purpose if I don't cross off my bucket list? I mean, Jesus, if we really do this and open up our lives to the Marias around it, it's going to get messy. And I'm not sure it's valuable. I'm not sure I'm going to, I don't know, Jesus, is it really worth it? If I give up my time and my money to see the Great Commission, if I give up my home so that lost people can come in, Lord Jesus, if I gave them control of my world, does this matter? The real question is, Jesus, can I trust you with my life? And here we have the amazing words of Jesus. He looks at Peter and the disciples and says, I promise you. See, when Jesus promises something, that's good. He follows through. He's never not kept his word. And here's what he says. I promise you, you will never regret it. If you lose yourself for me, giving up your own agendas, giving up your own lives, I promise any friend or family or, or need you have will be met far beyond what you can imagine. He says you'll get a hundred times beyond. Jesus says this. So I say to each one of us here this morning, there's no greater joy there's no greater peace, there's no greater sense of purpose than losing yourself for Jesus and his gospel. But we're so afraid. And Jesus says, if you lose yourself, you have everything to gain. Who knew? Who knew what will who knows what will happen when we say fully yes to Jesus? So I lay before each one of us today the radical call of Jesus Christ to lose ourselves for him and his gospel. Here's what I think that means for us today. If I can make application, the worship team, you can come up. Number one, I believe there's someone or some ones in this room who are going to be called to Europe or called to an unreached people of the world. I used to mention it just to young people, but there's an increasing number of second career people joining us. And I say, maybe today, your yes, your losing yourself means to say, I'm giving up my life here and God's calling me to people who have little or no access to the gospel. I can tell you this, what we do is not easy. But man, is it fun. I told you about Maria who despised Christians. Grace continued to meet with her. That was almost six years ago. And slowly but slowly, Maria was introduced to our faith community. We loved Hunter, embraced her. And just this past Christmas, even while we had just returned to the States, our staff member texted us this message from Maria. I've been reading the Gospels again. And I want you to know, I say yes, yes, yes. I'm all in with Jesus. She said, the universe can't love me, but Jesus 
can. I mean, when you give up your life, you become a person who sees someone who's never heard the gospel before come to know the living Jesus. What an adventure! How exciting. And as we give and pray and go and send, we become part of something. We become part of the lives of people like Maria. And I pray that part of our response is is going. Some of you are going to go, but all of us have to pray. Thank God this church prays for the unreached peoples of the world. And I pray, can we sacrifice some more time, some more effort in interceding for those who have never heard? It changes things. It changes things. As I was preparing these thoughts for our time in the States, I couldn't help reflect on our own uh, journey that we've been on in Spain over these last 15 years. When we arrived... Uh, in our city 14 years ago. Um, We met a family through the school. Our son uh, was in a public school, and in his class we met another young Spanish family, a mom and a a boy. So they both were 10 years old, and they both were new to this school. And so we began to hang out with this young man, Javier, and his mother, and um, just got to know them. In many ways, they're typical Spanish family. The parents were divorced. Uh, the father we, we met, he is long gone now, but he was truly one of the hardest, most verbally abusive men I had ever met. He told Javi that anyone who believed in God was a fool. That's about the only thing he left with his son. Believing in God is foolish. We became friends. And in the course of many Years. Take some time when you're working among unreached peoples. Lots of meals, hikes, video games, birthday parties. At age 18, we baptize Javier. And today, I think we may even have a picture, I don't know. Today, he's the first Spanish Chi Alpha intern in history. <laughs> There he is. There's our team in our ministry center. And um, by the way, that same day we baptized his mother. She's the woman who said, why hasn't anyone ever told us this before? What an adventure. God's calling us to church. We can be part of the greatest adventure in human history. One of my mentors said this about this passage. We can't save our lives no matter what we do anyway. It's impossible. Life slips through our fingers hour by hour. The only way to save our lives is to lose ourselves in God's bigger eternal kingdom. Would you bow your head with me? Lord Jesus, this is a radical call. In our own hearts, they are selfish in so many ways, and we just lay them before you and say, Jesus, not our will, but yours be done. And we surrender ourselves first to you, Lord. You are everything. You're the pearl of great price. And we empty our hands and our hearts 
in our lives everything but you. And then we embrace, Lord, your mission. There are lost people here in West Lafayette. There are lost people at Purdue. There's neighbors and coworkers and friends. And yes, Lord, there are people on this planet and places on this planet that have no access to the gospel. And we pledge ourselves to take up your gospel mission through our prayer, through our giving, and through our lives. Lord, I pray for all the things we hold so tightly to, our comforts, our agendas, our busyness, our fear of the world at times for our families. And we say, Jesus, we trust you that if we step out in faith, get involved in a messy and broken world, that you step in and do amazing things in us and through us. Help us, Lord, to lose ourselves for you and your gospel. Amen. Praise the Lord. We have two opportunities to respond this morning. One is to go yourself. Maybe God in this moment is pricking your heart and challenging you to consider time on the field somewhere in this world to reach unreached people. The second way that we can respond right now is by giving. And we're going to receive an offering for Sean and the ministry that's happening in Spain. Uh, He mentioned the need of $20,000 to continue the outreach center that they have. They don't call it that because nobody knows what that means, but their community center. Uh, They also need some more monthly support. I don't know if you've noticed, but everything's a little more expensive lately, and it's the same over there. So I don't know how God wants you to respond this morning. Uh, I think that all of us can do something. Uh, if we could throw up the, the giving graphic, that'd be awesome with the how the ways to give. I don't know where it is. There it is. Uh, you can give online. We're going to pass the buckets this morning uh, in just a moment when I pray. And so if you've got funds in your pocket you want to give or you want to write a check or anything like that, you can do that. Just mark it really clearly for us that it's going to the galleons in Spain. And uh, we'll make sure that it gets there for them. The other way you can give is you can download the Church Center app, which is an app in the App Store, and uh, search for our church, Connection Point Church. You'll find it. And then it's e- it's really easy to give right there. There's a button right on the front there. You can give that way as well. Let me, let me pray before we distribute our buckets, and let's ask the Lord. I want to ask you to ask God what he'd have you do in this moment. And I think it's worthy to ask him if he wants you to spend some time, if he wants you to go. Does he want you to go yourself, not just give, but go? Most of us will just be called to give. But there might be a couple in here that God is pricking your heart to go. Probably not tomorrow or next week. It'll probably take you time. But God plants that seed and begins to speak that word. And maybe just in your heart, he's just whispering that to you. And all he wants you to do today is say yes to whatever his will would be for your life. So, Father, thank you for this word of the Lord. Thank you for the challenge, Lord, to lose ourselves in the gospel. God, I pray I would do better at that. I pray our church would do better at that. God, that we would begin even more so to lose ourselves, Lord, for the world and for greater Lafayette. 
God, we want to give ourselves away. We want to arrive in your kingdom with nothing in our hands, nothing to try to take with us except presenting to you all the things that we have given our life for, for your kingdom. So Holy Spirit, I simply ask you this morning to speak. Speak to hearts, speak to moments in our lives, speak in this time, God, what you want us to do. In giving financially, Father, or in giving of ourselves, in our time, in our energy, in our person. May each of us hear clearly what the word of the Lord is for us. And may we respond with courage. In Jesus' name, amen.